Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the line with us right now, it is Clint Black. This really is Clint Black, right? This is not an imposter colony right now. I'm just the guy who called you back. Clint hung up a minute ago. And, <laughs> We're not uh, going to talk about you hanging up or anything like It was a miscommunication. That's what happened. It was. I just I hit a button. and. Uh, okay, yep. seriously, can you believe time has just gone by? Can you believe it's been 30 years this summer since your debut album came out? You know, in some ways, seriously? Yeah, seriously. In some, in, in some ways... It's like yesterday, and in other ways, it's like the day before yesterday. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, the music is timeless, and I've said this on the air many times. That is probably the best debut album ever. At least, in my, wow, that's my wow, opinion. Thanks. I'm not saying that because you're on the line. I've said this many times on the air. I mean, that is a very impressive debut album. It certainly grabbed everybody's oh, attention. You. I mean, 30 years, it's aged very, very well. It's timeless. You know, thanks. I listen. I I appreciate that. It gives, gives me goosebumps. It's different. It's different for me because I've been evolving with me, and that album is is a snapshot in time. It's like when you go back and look at your old high school photos, and you go, "What was my hair doing?" You know. Yeah. And uh, and so it's it's always different because of our own perceptions of us. Uh, but just just the fact that it means uh, something to uh, other people allows me to to back up and go, okay, they didn't hate my haircut. No, so, it's music. Uh, but look, I mean, that's that's the album which really changed your life, didn't it? No, overnight. Well, two nights. It was uh, you know out in February, I think, my single, and it uh, went to number one in June. And in the meantime, I'm out just doing a ton of shows, ton of interviews, feeling this machine behind me, pushing me up. And, and, uh, and then as that hit number one and killing time hit number one, then, then events start to become more glit and glamor and, and, you know, working with the Judds in Alabama and, and, uh, you know, meeting my heroes and all of that. It's, it's mind numbing. It's like a roller coaster, how, isn't it? Yeah, and I was back home for five minutes or whatever, and I'm driving uh, in my neighborhood, and I'm driving past this little dive bar I sang in in a strip center, and uh, and that's a little you know line of stores, not a place where you yes. know people strip. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, Love your I'm sense driving. of humor. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm driving by this bar, and it suddenly hit me. Uh, you know, Killing Time was uh, nearly in the rearview mirror, and I was moving on to put yourself in my shoes. And it, and and so all of this, you know, uh, damage had been done. My, my, I was completely in the door now, and and uh, and I remembered this just this flash of a of, an, of a complete thought went through my mind instantly of me walking into all these different bars I played in and it's never going to be the same now. 
No, you didn't just open uh, the door. You now burst I'm through n- the door. I'm, yeah, now I'm known. Before it was, you know, did you bring the peanuts or are you the beer guy? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and now Killing Time put me on the map and my life would never be the same. I remember that flash driving by that bar and it was, it was mixed. And I wouldn't have traded any, any of it for anything. It was my dream coming true. But I remember this feeling that now something of, uh, of my former life is gone forever. And so it was this really weird mixture of feelings, but uh, very fleeting because, you know, the, the answer instantly to the question that didn't have time to be asked is, no, I, I like it here. I'm not going back. Oh, okay, let me take you back because I was there when it launched. In February 1989, we were doing a Texas uh, birthday concert at the old Austin Opera House. Headliner was a guy by the name of Rodney Crown. Rodney and I talked about this a, a few weeks ago when he was in town, but you were supposed to be the opening act. The problem is nobody really knew who Clint Black was. The opening act could not get into Austin because you were fogged in in Memphis. So Rodney takes over the show plays a few hours till you can get in and then by the time you take the show half the crowd is gone you launch in the people that are still there are mesmerized and then a few weeks later your debut single comes out and everybody know suddenly you're going to be headlining the shows am i right remember that yeah it was uh and and the promoter the promoter was ready to fire me and uh rodney uh, stepped in and said, look, I'll go on first. When he gets here, he can go on. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, uh, I always remembered that. That that was just a, a really big deal to me because, you know, number one, I needed the paycheck. Uh, and number two, just the, the the whole idea of, you know, here I am getting started and I've already been fired in Austin. And uh, and so, you know, I, 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 I thank Rodney every time I see him and I think he's tired of hearing about it now. No, he was uh, he was he he, yeah. he was glad. Uh, I mean, because I was there at the show and we were talking about it. No, he's very proud of you and what you've done. But we were talking about how the people that actually stayed around when you did take the stage, because I mean, it was rather late. It was after eleven o'clock before you got on stage. There were four people there, and two of them were relatives. Well, I was the other one. That, that, but the the, <laughs> the one of you know all of us that stuck around saw something magic on stage that night, and then suddenly it just snowballed into here's your debut single and every and your career just took off yeah it was uh it was a rocket ride and uh i thought i worked hard in the bars but uh you know we were doing 500 miles a day eight cities in a row a day off nine cities in a row and uh you know and just crazy crazy things you know one of the first things that happened, I bump into Mel Tillis. It's Mel Tillis, you know, and then Merle Haggard is a special guest on my first headline tour. And then I'm in the studio with George Jones. You know, you just don't dream that part. You know, you can, I was dreaming, you know, I want a crew and a, somebody that can change my guitar strings because, man, I break a lot of strings. And, <laughs> you know, just carry that amp. I'm so tired of carrying all these amps around, you know. And so, and I want to be on the radio, man, just getting on the radio and, and then having an audience every time I go out, boy, that would be great. And then, you know, and then I'm at a, somebody's birthday party and there's Clint Eastwood and I go, yeah, I don't remember dreaming about this part, you know, it's just crazy. Oh, and you are still living the dream, aren't you? 
you know. I am still having great moments. I still love being on stage. I'm still working really hard to get better. And uh, I'm, I'm still excited every time I come to Austin. And uh, I was going to move to Austin. Uh, that's where I, I wanted to, to live, you know. And I was looking into what I could make in the bars. And uh, in, in Austin, it was $20. And I was making like $50 in Houston. Yeah, that's the way well, Austin I couldn't was. Afford yeah. the change, huh? Well, listen, if you want to move back now, there's a. I've got an empty house, just a couple of houses down from where I live. I mean, we, I'm sure I can talk to people, get you in the neighborhood, <laughs> and I can probably get back up to fifty dollars a night. <laughs> I think Austin has I changed mean, so much. You know, it really has. It has, yeah. Every time we go through there or Houston, uh, you know, my uh, bus driver always says gotten into the concrete business oh yeah that's true and now the last time we talked you were starting to pay more attention with the electric guitar right yeah i uh decided i wanted to play some guitar solos on tuckered out which is the fastest song we do and i'm strumming i'm watching all my guys just playing these blazing you know solos and i had started playing electric but i wasn't at that level and i uh, decided i had to get to that level so i practiced for two years it took me to get to the point where i could uh solo to my satisfaction on on that song and so uh it's a long slog but i still i still have to practice uh, you'll be playing it right friday night you'll be playing it we we will be doing that that's one of the songs <laughs> on the live cd coming out uh, in a, in a month or so. Why did it take 30 it's years to only, come out with a live album? Uh, just technology. We couldn't get a tape machine out there on the road. Really? And, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, cause your plane yeah. has always been top notch. That's why I, I just know if you, if you weren't comfortable releasing anything live or, or if there was another well, reason. You no, know, I wasn't, I wasn't really comfortable with it. I, I really kind of felt like it diminishes what it, what it sounds like live with the, you know, in a, in a big room with the big speakers. And I thought that's just gonna, it's not going to be as good. And, uh, and so I was reluctant. And then, uh, you know, when this anniversary came along, I thought, well, if I were ever going to do it, this is the time. And, and I thought, okay, so it's a snapshot of me, me and the band, half the band's been with me since 87. Mm -hmm. It's a snapshot of us 30 years later, still killing time. And uh, so we put eight live songs on it. Uh, they're all hits except for Tuckered Out. And well, that then was, That was the hit here, man. That was the hit here. We know that. Oh, Tuckered Out? Yeah, yeah. We played it here. Well, you know, I did that in the uh, Super Bowl halftime, which is a crazy decision. You know, you think, well, I'm at Super Bowl halftime. I'm going to do my hits, <laughs> and uh, and maybe I should have. Uh, in in hindsight, of course, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter now. But uh, I remember at the time looking back and going, you know, that was a that was just a crazy choice doing something that wasn't even a a hit. But uh, there are two new studio tracks on there, and they were both from that period of Killing Time. One uh, wrote about 35 years ago, and the other one, uh, Hayden and I were writing, you know, building our stack of songs to record that first album with. And uh, and so those are the only non-live tracks on there. Well, I can't, again, it comes out, what, middle of September, is that right? 
Well, uh, I uh, I think it may be four weeks from now. Yeah, okay, maybe early September. I know yeah. I've already ordered the digital copy of that off of iTunes, so uh, well, I, I am ready well, for. We it. may be able to get you an advanced copy. I know, would love to so. hear it. I would, but I support you, man. I, I'll go out and pay for your music. I think that's a sign of love for oh, music. I appreciate you know. it. Yeah. You know, I was always that way too, and especially with all the piracy. You know, and uh, and I used to get up on my soapbox and tell people, if you like an artist, you know, buy their music because they could go away. If, if they're not profitable to a record company, then you might not get to hear them make records again. Yeah. No, it's, I've always I've always believed in that, uh, that if you love something, go out and buy it. You don't, you know, the, the promo stuff that needs to go to the fans to have them become fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to, to hearing the album. Hey, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to ask you something. Um, and this, uh, we talked about this long time, but the last time we talked about this, we hadn't lost these two people. I really enjoyed you on Larry Sanders getting into a fist fight with Tom Petty. Yeah, you just really like to see a couple of guys. No, fighting. no. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I was, you know, big fans. And that's, but I watched that episode so much differently now. You know, you, you had fun doing that yeah. episode, didn't you? I did, and I'm kidding about the fighting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I, I love Tom, and and uh, and Gary, uh, I, I can't even express. Gary was uh, a genius. genius. What, a, what a loss that was. Gary and I met on the Grammys and became friends, and I just used to go over and play basketball every Sunday. He would have a big basketball game with all kinds of friends uh comics and writers and uh and and then uh he invited me to be on a show and then he, he and i used to talk uh you know just at length about everything on the phone and he called me one day and said i'm i'm ending the show and i knew why and uh uh you know but uh of course i was really bummed and and i said well you know you know what you have to do is you know you 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 got to do like Johnny Carson where you have that Midler or someone singing the goodbye song to you, <laughs> except you couldn't get anyone like that. You could only get me. And he goes, "That's hilarious. <laughs> We're gonna do that. We're gonna do that." And then uh, I forgot about it. And six months later, he called me. And he said, "We're gonna do the goodbye song." <laughs> and so. And so uh, my my favorite moment uh, in the show is when he's trying to get Warren Beatty to come up and do the show, and Warren asked him, you know, who do you have on, and he names everybody, and he, and he names me, and Warren goes, who? <laughs> and Warren, I knew he and Gary were friends, and uh, and uh, and and so I, I ran into Warren somewhere, and I was kind of ribbing him about something Gary, you know, said that he would do that he would never do. And, and Warren's just looking at me like, just, you know, who, get this guy away from me. <laughs> but I'm kind of a practical joker that way. But, uh, uh, but anyway, that, that he, he got that into the last episode, just as priceless to me. I, I just treasure that moment. And then of do. course, all of the other, all the other stuff that went into that. And, and, uh, you know, what a, a, a Gary Shandling was so much and so much to his fans, but he was so much more to uh, the people who knew him 
he was he meant so much he he gave so much to up uh upcoming uh comics you know and uh you know he was a mentor to so many people and uh it was just a devastating blow um you know this is a guy who was in in great shape he was you know always working out and uh just loved and it's he's just missed and you know there's the uh the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling that his buddy uh, Judd Napato uh, made. I've actually seen I've and, seen the uh, episode with Petty on that too. Watched it on YouTube. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so that's uh, that's you know I got through the first episode and that was it for me. I that's all I could watch. But uh, you know that really gives some insights into into who he was and just uh, just. Terrible loss, and Tom Petty, so young. Yeah, uh, you know we'll we'll just always have to wonder what we're what we're missing, and uh, you know it's anyway. Anything else that can cheer you down? Yeah, I with? didn't mean to bring you down on this, but I'm, I, I I tell you, I I look at that episode. I think it was so special that you actually got to play a part in it. You know, to be a, be in, be involved with those guys. Yeah, it, it was it was fun to play with them and uh, fun to see how they work, um, you know. But but just just being around comics on that level and uh, and and seeing any part of their work process. If you if you said something funny to Gary, then he would get this this grin on his face and say that's hilarious and by that time he had already rewritten the punchline to make it better really really and he would say and he would say or 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 you could say and then he would have a better ending or a better setup by the time he said that's hilarious what do you think if you hadn't been a musician that you would have been a comedian I love the comedy. I, I actually uh, I worked. I wrote some material. I wanted. I was going to be on this show called Secret Town, Secret Talents of the Stars, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And I'm in a meeting, and my agent pitches it to me, and my manager goes, "Oh, you got to do stand up. You got to do stand up. You got to do it. You got to do stand up." And this pit is growing in my stomach because it's a, it's really scary. But I knew I was going to do it, and so. Uh, I wrote some material. I worked out in the comedy clubs. Gary actually helped me with it. And uh, uh, I worked out a couple of nights at Zany's in Nashville. I went up at the Improv uh, a couple times, the comedy store, uh, you know, in L.A. And uh, and got my uh, two minutes worth of material was all I needed. And I got that together just at the last minute and went on and, and uh, and one through to the next round, I flew home and I'm uh, just walking in the door. My phones are ring, phones ringing. I'm setting my bags down. I pick up the phone. It's my manager. He says the show's been canceled, which oh. was a little disappointing, but also a great relief because just getting two minutes of material for any of you out there, you comics listening, you know, two minutes of material. A, a, a comic needs ten, fifteen. You know, a headliner needs, you know, 45 to an hour or more of material. But just getting a solid two minutes is really hard. I had 12 minutes that I whittled down to two. So the idea of getting two more solid minutes, you know, that that was really, really frightening. That would so I was be. kind of relieved. 
It's a little bit easier when you have a guitar in front of you, don't you? Don't you? I mean, seriously. You know, even if you're even if you're making jokes, because you could always just break into a song and get yeah. out of dying on stage. Yeah. And uh, and also, people's expect- expectations aren't that high. Well, he's going to sing a song. He's just talking for a second. So if you say something funny, it's whoa! That well, that was hilarious. But if you're stand-up comedy, it might not be hilarious. It's just funny. It's got to be one of the toughest you know, jobs so, on stage to be stand-up comedy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, there's there's a couple of Jerry Seinfeld documentaries on Netflix uh, that chronicle him and his joke writing and 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 you know you really you really get a sense if you if you don't know how hard that is you'll you'll see. I need to watch that. Are you having fun this summer on tour with Trace? Trace is he's not misbehaving or throwing stuff at you on stage or anything, is he? You know, if he were, you'd know because I'd be dead. The man's a, a giant. And, he is a giant. He's a cool guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's very. I call him Mister Cool. He's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got the coolest demeanor. Um, his song is rocking. You know, I mean, the band is fantastic. We love watching them every night. Terry Clark uh, and I will sit over there and and you know stand in the wings and watch the show and and uh, make each other laugh, and she'll do a goofy dance, and, you know, I'll point and giggle and then do my goofy dance. And, but nobody and, can uh, dance like we're Trace. A ball. But nobody can dance uh-huh. like Trace. Nobody can dance like Trace on stage. He's got those special moves and everything. Well, yeah, he's, he's not doing as much of the special moves. I don't know if he's tamed it down huh. because, you know, Chippendale offers or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, He's a little more subtle, a little more nuanced, uh, but when it happens, uh, always, the ladies always get going. Oh, man. We're going to have to experience uh, it in person Friday night. The the Hits, Hats, and History Tour. Special guest Terry Clark. You're just having a lot of fun. Man, it's been great visiting with you on the phone. It's been too long. Well, I've enjoyed Yeah, we have to do this more regularly. I wish we would. I wish we would. I yeah. really would. You know. Yeah. Oh well. well, I'd love to do it. Maybe the podcast is for us. You know what? I will be talking about yeah very soon because that way we can talk about whatever we want to, different topics and stuff like that. I would I would love to do that with you. I really. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.